You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. He is differentiating between the genuine believer and the unregenerate person. Catch that. The unregenerate person who makes a practice of these sins. Notice that Paul says, such were some of you. You're washed, sanctified, justified. You were. Something happened when you got saved that was absolutely revolutionary. It's very important that we as believers understand the intent of Scripture's teaching. In your walk with Jesus, have you ever had moments of feeling no remorse for your sins? Have you ever fallen back into your old ways and felt stuck? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that when you gave your life to Christ, you made a promise to be forever set apart from the world. It's not enough to merely know Jesus when He's in your heart. Instead, you need to live your life as a daily sacrifice for His cause. Be a powerful force of change for God's glory and leave your sins behind. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Galatians chapter 5 as he begins his message, The Fruit of the Spirit. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who do such things, read it with me, everybody, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to really deal with that. Now, notice, he says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's talking about an action. Now, the word for do here, can you believe that we could actually go into the word do but let me show it to you. I'm, I'm a word guy. You know that. I love parsing verbs and all that stuff that a lot of people don't. But the word for do here is proso, and it means to practice. It means you practice something. Now hold that thought, and let's go back to verse 17. That was verse 21. Now let's go back to verse 17 and look at do again. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. How many of you can testify that's true? Every single day that's true, amen? All right, now, and these are contrary or they're, they're going at one another all the time so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, what that, that doesn't mean you're out of control. What it means is you shouldn't do everything your flesh wants you to do. That's what it's saying. It doesn't mean you, you can't help yourself and devil made you do it or the flesh made you do it and you're not responsible. It could easily read so you do not decide to submit to or yield to everything your flesh wants. Now, the word for do here is poieo and it signifies a completed action. Now, what is the difference between the two do's? Poieo, the first do in verse 17, refers to a completed action. You did something like, you know, I can throw this on the floor. I did it. It's completed action. That's the word poieo. Now, prasso in verse 21 refers to a habit that is the result of continually repeating an action. It's how addictions are formed. Remember that first hit you took off a cigarette? Some of you? You remember how your body rebelled? Do you remember how it felt like you put a brick down in your lungs, but you persevered? until your flesh decided that it liked it. Amen? And so it became what we call an acquired taste. There's almost no habit 
that we get into that at first our flesh doesn't give us a strong signal. Hey, I don't care for that. But you persevere, I persevere, and we create habits. So both words occur in Paul's final indictment of heathen behavior. And a great example of both words being used is in Romans 1, verse 32. Let me show this to you. In Romans 1, verse 32, this is the last verse in the dark and gloomy chapter of Romans 1. Now, he says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit, now that's the word do, same word, prasso, those who practice, who keep on doing the things that he listed in Romans 1, he, he that keeps doing those things is worthy of death. And they not only do, there's poeo, the same, but they have pleasure in them that keep on doing them. Now, in other words, you got people who are saying, amen, you go for it. You, you go ahead and walk in the lusts of those, flesh, uh, those lusts of the flesh. And the ones who are cheering them on also have it in their heart to do the very same thing. It, got, it, it makes you wonder why our government is so behind pushing the homosexual agenda. Because verse 32 really is all about that kind of thing. Now my clicker is out again, and this thing frustrates me every week. There we go. Amen. I am in the spirit. <laughs> all right. In the very next verse, Paul's indictment is carried over to the hypocrite. And here's what he says in Romans 2, verse 1. He says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge, what does it say? Do, and it's the word prasso, means keep on doing the same things. So here you got the people who are judging others, but while they judge others, they're practicing the very same thing. That's what we call a hypocrite. If you're gonna, if you're gonna judge somebody with righteous judgment, be sure your own heart is clean. Amen? So those who are judging others, and I found this to be a, a fact of life, that the people who are hardest on you, who have no mercy on you, who judge you harshly, unlike God, there's no mercy, no compassion, no desire to restore. They just judge. You can mark it down. There are skeletons lurking in their own closet. You can mark it down. It's a fact of life. And the reason they're attacking you is because they see themselves in you. That's free. I'm not even going to charge you for that little bit of counsel. Now, here's the point to all this. The people who Paul excludes from the kingdom of God are those who are making a habitual practice of some or all of these terrible sins. He says the very same things. Now, hold that thought. Let me be sure you got that. What is Paul telling us when he says those who do those things will not inherit the kingdom of God? Who's he talking about? He's talking about those who practice those sins habitually as a way of life without conviction. In other words, they haven't been saved. Now, Paul talks about the very same thing in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11, where he gives a similar list of sins. Paul liked lists, and he was always listing things. 
1 Corinthians 13, he lists all the attributes of love. You can go through all his lists. Anyway, here's another one. Just to refresh our memory, let's look at his list of sins that he wrote to the Corinthian church. Do you not know? Here's the same statement, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, then who's the unrighteous? He's going to list them for us. Do not be what, everybody? I'm preaching on this one this week, this weekend. Don't miss it. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Kathy just told me I'm not. Oh, I'm talking about John. Well, I met next weekend. John Collier is here this weekend. See, I've got Kathy there, and then I have my secretary there, and they're both yelling at me from the sideline. Oh, I need them, but I've got to have them. Anyway, read it with me. Do not be deceived. About what? Here's what. Fornicators. What is fornication? comes from porneo, from which we get pornography, and it's talking about any of the sexual sins possible to mankind. Uh, Sex before marriage, bestiality, incest, you name it, it all falls under the category of porneo, fornication. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor who? Nor who? Sodomites nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now look what he then says to the Corinthian church. And I want you to read this with me. And such were some of you. What's the prettiest word in that verse? Were. Such were some of you. What were you? Well, it's not pretty. You were fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, and revilers, and extortioners. But that's what you were. That's the way we were. It's not the way we is. That's bad English, but it's good preaching. We are not that way anymore. Why? Because we've been born twice. Look what he says. Such were some of you, but what happened? Read it with me. This is so good. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Isn't that good? In both of these passages, Galatians and 1 Corinthians 6, he is differentiating between the genuine believer and the unregenerate person. Catch that. The unregenerate person who makes a practice of these sins. Notice that Paul says, such were some of you. You're washed, sanctified, justified. You were. Something happened when you got saved that was absolutely revolutionary. It's very important that we as believers understand the intent of Scripture's teaching on this matter because a lot of people get condemned about this. They read verses like this, and a couple I'm going to show you in a moment, and they get very condemned. Here's what Paul is saying, that the genuine child of God can no longer practice these sins conscience-free, unencumbered by conviction, and untethered by divine restraint. You can't do it. If you've really been saved, and you go off practicing any of those sins, there is no way, my friend, you will have peace. There is no way you can easily live with it. You with me? 
The Christian does sin. Anybody sin since you got saved? I just want to know. make sure. Okay. A few of you haven't sinned since you got saved. God bless you. I want to meet you afterwards. Now, the Christian sins. But what happens to the Christian when he sins? He experiences, say it, conviction for those sins. And he is miserable when he's living in a backslidden state. There is no true born-again Christian that can live happy in a backslidden state. That's why so many backslidden people smoke something, drink something, shoot something, do something to numb their mind, to numb the voice of guilt. Because we've been born again. Now the Holy Ghost is living inside of us. Now something is there that wasn't there when we were lost. And we have a brand new nature that loves righteousness. One of the most misunderstood passages in the New Testament along these same lines is found in 1 John 3, 6. Listen to what it says. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Uh-oh. I used to read that and say, oh my gosh, I'm lost. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Let me tell you something about that verse. Satan uses that passage to beat Christians over the head all the time, especially new Christians who are struggling with doubt about their salvation. Are they really born again? Are they really a child of God? <clears throat> we, say, we say when we read that verse, well, I, I sin sometimes. Does that mean that I've never known the Lord, that I'm still lost? What does that mean? Look at it again. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has never seen him nor known him. When John says, here's very important. When John says, whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him, the word sins is in a verb tense that means this, to ongoingly live a life of practicing sin. Just like somebody lost. He's not saying the Christian never sins, because we're told in the Bible, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. <clears throat> so he's not saying that the Christian never sins. Again, he's talking about what Paul was talking about. The individual who is living a sinful lifestyle, free of conscience, free of conviction, free of remorse, just like a lost person. This person's life has not changed. There's no repentance. There's no conviction. There's no fruit indicating a true conversion. Now, I'm going to tell you something tonight, church. Here's the truth. If you really get saved, it's going to show. We're not talking about grabbing a book of rules and regulations and getting religion. We're talking about a radical transformation in the soul of a person where your nature is changed. The things you used to love, you hate. And the things you used to hate, you love. Where you get a whole new desire for righteousness and to please God and to walk in his will and to do what is right. You cannot meet Jesus and not be radically saved. Now I'm not saying you're, you're 180 degrees different in one night, but immediately we begin to see a difference. 
If you're saved, it'll show. We used to sing, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. And everybody would say, amen. How many of you have ever sang that? Wow. Makes me want to stand up and do it right now. <clears throat> this, is, this is what Paul's talking about and, and what John was talking about. Remember, every blood-bought believer has two natures. One of them is the flesh, and it is incorrigibly bad, and there is nothing good in it. And the other is the new man, and it is incorruptibly good. The indwelling Holy Spirit in the believer never ceases to war against both the believer's old Adamic nature and against its works. No genuine believer church can reconcile himself to the habitual practice of the works of the flesh without being deeply, profoundly convicted and troubled and sleepless and bugged and ill at ease. You lose your peace. If all evidence of the new birth is absent from the life of, of a person who professes to be saved, he's not saved. Oh, it's quiet in here. Well, that's just so black and white, Pastor Jeff. Yes, it is, it, it, because it is black and white. Again, you know, sure, you've still got hangups and, and some habits and different things that you're needing to overcome and and growing spiritually is a lifelong thing. But from the moment you're saved onward, if you have a new nature, it's going to show. It's going to show. I don't care where you were, what you did. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. You ought to know it. The Bible says that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal life is not a hope so, maybe so, perhaps so. It's a no-so faith. Now, the person who's really not saved, his habitual practice of sin proves it. The New Testament continually warns us not to be deceived along these lines. All John is saying is what Paul also said. The person who lives in sin, who practices the kinds of things Paul listed as a way of life without conviction, is a person that has never been born again. Everybody say amen. Now, look what Jesus said. If you want more proof, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Do you know what that requires? Judging. But we're not supposed to judge, Pastor Jeff. That's not loving. You better judge or you're going to get the stuff knocked out of you. How are you going to know by somebody's fruit if you don't judge the fruit? We're all called to be fruit pickers. That's right. Look what Jesus said. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from a thorn tree? No. Or figs from thistles? No. Even so, said Jesus, every good tree brings forth what kind? The good tree being, if you have been born again, if Jesus is living inside of you, if he's in your heart, then the good tree is in you. And the good tree will bring forth good fruit because you're attached to the tree. And the life of that tree is flowing into you, the branch. And so whatever the tree is producing, the branches produce. And Jesus is just giving us a simple agrarian fact. 
that you can't have a thorn tree and get grapes off of it because there's no grapes in the thorn tree. It's not there. How are you going to get grapes being, being attached to a grape vine? So whatever you're attached to, and it's going to be one of two things, Jesus Christ, or I'm going to say it, the devil. Because the Bible says if you're not a child of God, you are a child of the devil. That's exactly what God says. What that, it doesn't say, that's not the Bible saying that you're a demonic person. It's saying that you've only been born once, and so the nature you have is from Adam and Adam's fall that the devil was totally behind. So you haven't been born twice, but if you've been born twice, then you have the good tree living in you. And so all you got to do is abide in the vine. That means get with God every day. Meditate in the word of God. Obey him. Do what he shows you to do. And naturally, you're going to start bearing fruit that we're going to look at in just a moment. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. It can't happen. Nor can a corrupt tree bring forth fruit that is good. Every tree that does not bring forth good fruit, what's going to happen to it? It's going to be cut down and cast into the fire. That's talking about hell. Wherefore, read it with me, everybody, by their fruits, you shall know them. So he's talking here about false teachers and false prophets. So what do you do when you hear a false teacher or a false prophet and you're wondering about their message? You don't let their charisma take you or their persuasive powers take you. You look at the fruit of their life. And if they're not living according to the word of God, that is corrupt fruit coming out of a corrupt tree. This is why after listing the works of the flesh, Paul goes on to list the evidence of a person's true conversion, the fruits of the Spirit. Now notice, we are not to judge someone's, the authenticity of somebody's spiritual life by the gifts of the Spirit. We are to judge the authenticity of somebody's life by the fruits of the Spirit. He said, well, Pastor Jeff, what would be the difference? Because remember when Jesus said, many are going to say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did not we cast out devils in your name and heal sick people in your name and do many wonderful works in your name? In other words, they had gifts. They did supernatural things. But Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. They were never born twice. He never knew them. So how do you know, how do you judge the authenticity of somebody's spiritual life by the fruits that they bear. Now let's read the fruits of the Spirit together, can we? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds just like you. <laughs> now the word for fruit is the Greek word karpos. And karpos is used often in the New Testament in its natural sense, referring to real edible fruit. But here in Galatians 5, it's used to describe that which is produced in the life of the believer by the energy of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So as lust works secretly and displays itself in the works of the flesh, so the Holy Spirit works secretly and reveals his presence 
by the character traits that Paul just listed. You will know them by their fruits. Now, do you know that the first three, love, joy, and peace, are emotional? It's safe to say that we all want to see improvement in our lives. We all have our struggles, and we're always trying to cut out what we don't like while getting more of what we do like. In today's message, Pastor Jeff explained that the only way to vanquish sin in your life is through Jesus. No matter how hard you work on getting it out of your life, you will never be able to do it on your own. Get rid of your sin by going straight to Jesus and be healed. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. That number once more is 817-484-4767 and text GIVE. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today. And thanks for listening. Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on the upcoming edition. Have you ever felt captive to your past mistakes and failures? Have you ever felt stuck in your ways with no progress being made toward the life you truly want to live? Next time, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that Jesus died to save you from your sins. Accept Him into your heart, and He'll make you a new creation, purified through Him. Stop trying to fix your past on your own terms and let Jesus make you into the creation you are meant to be. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue our study in the book of Galatians right here on Hardwired.